Good morning. Hey. I know. It's always fun. Do you guys just want to clap? Is that the deal? I know. I know. There's something beautiful by coming and being together. Obviously, obviously, those of you who are joining us online, we love you too. We do, right? We do. We do. But it is always good. It's always good to, to just hang out, be here. And uh, man, uh, I got to tell you, I don't know if you guys caught worship or not, or if you were walking around, running around, doing all your things, but here in this room at least, man, worship, right? Yeah. Right? These guys, these guys are amazing. Uh, that's uh, that's whew, so good, so good. So what are we doing today? Uh, I mean, I almost thought we should just go ahead and just uh, have more worship. I mean, honestly, we should just do that on on. on Sundays like this, but uh, I do want to share something with you guys uh, today, and it's, I'm kind of nervous about this a little bit because it's part of my story. So if you've never heard my story before, you're going to get to hear my story, and it's connected to the conversation that we've been having the past several weeks about this idea of no other. And so no other God was the conversation last week, and this morning I want to talk about this idea of no other cause because... Um, because uh, it's, 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 very, it's very close to me. Really quick, let me explain it this way. I was at Lowe's the other day, and I walked in, and I saw all kinds of Christmas. All kinds of Christmas. All right? You, who's, who's ready for Christmas? Okay, right? All right. But I think everybody's just ready for, for this year to be over. I think that's what it is. That's what it is. Unfortunately, it's like it's just another day at 2021. But anyways, so I walked in, and the first thing I thought, oh, we're just going to skip Halloween. We're just right at it. Any Halloween people in the house? Any fans? Okay. I, right. I know. It's funny to ask that question, right, at church. You're like, yeah. Right? Right? I like, I'd really like to dress up, but I know it's from the devil or whatever it is. And regardless where you grew up, you kind of like, I kind of like this. I know. I am 55 years old, and I still like to wear, you know, all kinds of stuff. But anyways, I, I get it. I get Halloween because uh, I have a unique relationship with Halloween. Because... Um, Uh, 20-some years ago, Halloween day or night is the day I met Jesus. So if you know anything about my story, if you think, I think you have this supernatural kind of crazy story. Yeah, it actually is Halloween. So I I came to Christ. I got born again, if you know that expression, on Halloween night. So so that's my that's my birthday. It's my it's my birthday. It's like Halloween's my your birthday, spiritual birthday, which is kind of a unique thing. So let me tell you what I want to talk to you a little bit about why I think that God and how why He um, allowed me to be a part of what He's doing and how he, I believe that what God wants to speak to us this morning about this cause that we um, we need to understand that we're all called to. So let me tell you my story a little bit. <clears throat> so I have a I have two brothers, two sisters. And uh, my older brother, uh, Mahmoud, can you say Mahmoud? Right, you can't. Right, that's it. You can't say it. Because you go, Mahmoud, Mahmoud. It's not. It's Mahmoud. Say it. Good luck. That's good. That's good. You have, you have a mask on. I get it. You know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but so my older brother in the late 80s got accepted to a college. And so we were a Pakistani family living in Kuwait. And so uh, we were conservative Sunni Muslims, if you know anything about that. And uh, my brother uh, got accepted to a college. And we were so pumped about that as a, as a Pakistani family, as living as immigrants in Kuwait. Even though I was born there, you can't become like a citizen even if you're born there in Kuwait. In Arab countries, it's, just, it's, a, it's a thing. Uh, they kind of limit their population group, right? 
And so I, we would live there as immigrants, but we were so excited that he got accepted to a college in the U.S. And so we sent him, and we were so pumped. He actually got accepted to Spartanburg Methodist University. Right, so I don't know if you know what Methodist is. It's not Buddhist. It's Christian. And so we didn't know. We are like, oh, America! <laughs> and so we sent him to America. And he goes to a Christian university in, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I mean, they invented Jesus there. I mean, like, I mean, no, no, no. Well, they kind of did another one. But anyways, so, oh, oh, hey, 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 calm down. Okay, so anyways, he hears about the gospel, and he gives his life to Jesus. He, in fact, gives his life to Jesus in one of those like it's like a concert kind of a rally thing. Uh, it, this is back in the 80s, so if you guys don't know, but there used to be this group. I think they still might be touring. They were like these strong men of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you got a fan. Yes, in the chat, if you know what I'm talking about, they were called someone something. I don't know what they were called. They're, anyway, they bend all kinds of steel and all kinds of stuff. Anyways, my brother, who's not really a fitness guy at all, comes to Jesus. He comes back. The next summer, it tells me, tells my siblings, he goes, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm born again believer, he called himself. And I was like, okay, what, what? He's like, I believe in Jesus. I do not believe in Islam or Muhammad, and I'm going to tell mom and dad about this. And I was like, oh, you're not. You're not doing any of that. And I, I don't know, something happened to me. I got enraged. I grabbed his neck. I pinned him against the wall, and I said, I'm going to kill you because you are not going to ruin my family. You're not going to ruin our family. You're not going to do this. And I said a, a lot of things. It was, I didn't understand the rage that came out of me, but he was betraying, he was betraying, in one sense, a nationality. Because that's what happens. Like in Islam, Islam becomes a, a, a universal in a sense where all the Muslims are connected to a nationality. So when you reject that, it's, it's like that. It becomes like, oh, oh, you're a traitor. And so I looked at him with so much rage. I couldn't believe what he had done. He was no longer, he had rejected everything we grew up believing. And so he got terrified. My sisters freaked out. I freaked out because what came out of me freaked me out. Have, has that ever happened to you, right? He just freaked me out. And so he, he goes back to the States, and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. And then right after that, uh, 1990, Iraq decided to invade Kuwait. And if you know anything about the Gulf War, I was in the Gulf War. Family was in the Gulf War. We got stuck in there. So my brother's in the States, in, you know, in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and I and my family are in Kuwait. We're cut off, no communication. We survive the war. We go through all kinds of stories. I mean, there are all kinds of instances, I mean, about um, uh, hiding in bunkers and being almost lined up to be uh, uh, assassinated. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. In fact, I wrote a book called Ex-Muslim. Some of you guys know about it. Some of you guys uh, have bought the book. You've not read it. I know that. Okay? Uh, okay, I did put pictures in there, so you got pictures. But this is, it, it, yeah, and drawing, drawing. There's a drawing, uh, coloring situations too. This is Kuwait. No, no, there's no coloring. But there's a lot of details. I don't want to get into it. You can pick up the book anywhere books are sold. So he comes, uh, he stays here. Uh, we survived the Gulf War. And then um, after the Gulf War in 1992, my, my dad comes to me and says, what do you want to do? I had not graduated from high school. And in fact, my high school literally blew up which was, I thought it was cool, but anyways, because uh, I was not literally, you know, in education. Anyway, so anyways, but uh, so my, my dad comes to me, he's like, what do you want to do? 
Uh, I was about 18 at the time, and he said, uh, you haven't graduated from high school. There's no college here. You can go back to Pakistan, or you can, um, you can start working here. And he said, and, but there is my, one, one thing we could do, and that is we could try to send you to, my, to your brother. And I was like, you know, like, there's no school that's going to take me. Like, I'm not going to pass anything. And he was like, well, I can get you a tourist visa to go to the U.S., and then you figure it out. And I was 18. I was like, so I'm leaving everything. He's like, and you're not coming back. I was like, oh, oh. I was 18. And that was America. And I was like, sign me up. Let's go. Let's do this. So I, get, I hop on a plane. And uh, with everything, uh, like, with nothing that I have, I mean, like, basically all that I have I brought with me, I show up to the States. Um, and there's a whole story about landing in Miami. I thought it was a different country, honestly, because they were talking to me, like, I, they, were, they looked like me. I was like, this is not America. Like, <laughs> like what? And they were like, no, this is, this is Miami, F Florida, and the white people live in the South. So, like, uh, you know, so I was like, what? What's going on? So I ended up with my brother, and he introduced me um, to his friends. All of them were Christians. I knew my brother was a Christian. I kind of, kind of, I don't know what, I smelt that on him. I was like, okay, this guy, this guy's still weird. But I was like, listen, I was going to be an art major. I was going to do my thing. I didn't want anything to do with anything except I wanted to figure out how to stay in this country. That, that was my thing. And then, uh, so I, uh, I started hanging out with him, and then he invited me to FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Anybody know that? Okay, so he invites me, and I'm like, not interested, bro, not interested. And he's like, hey, there's a lot of cute girls there. And I was like, I am so interested right now. Uh, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. Uh, so I start showing up to FCA, Fellowship for Christian Athletes, hanging out in the back, uh, and I got introduced to the gospel. I got introduced to the message of Jesus, which is so different from all the other messages that I've ever heard. Now, I don't know if you know this, but like if you live in and you're entrenched in a, in a culture and a religion that's so, uh, that there is no church and state. There is like we are a people group that are committed to uh, Islam. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real mind job. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, but it also gets really weird. Um, but I was used to praying to God in a particular language, which is Arabic, in a particular direction, in a particular time of day, in a particular times. Uh, many times. So it was like th five times this direction and on a particular mat. And so my relationship with God was based on that. And so here I hear about this message of Jesus, who, who God is the creator of all these things, and he sent a part of himself, his son, to come and redeem humanity and then actually make a way that we could no longer, uh, we, don't, we could no, we would not no longer need to have temples or churches or synagogues to go and experience God. That in fact, what Jesus was going to do is he was going to make us the temple of, of, uh, for God, that, we, that his spirit would live inside of us. And so when I heard this, I was like, this is nuts. And then I heard about a God who was so personal, who, would, who knew you fully and accepted you fully, and who was profoundly pursuing you. I, I didn't understand that, that this could actually be possible. Like, there was no way, because with religion, it's like you have to be a certain kind of person to actually be a religious person. You have to have a certain kind of, uh, I don't know, stuff about you. you like, you, you got to do some things, know some things. You have to, uh, like, commit to some things. And here's Jesus. And then uh, I just hear this message, and I'm like, this cannot be real. And my brother, which I, you know, I didn't really have a good relationship with him since that day that I threatened to kill him, which is a bad, 
I get it. I get it. It's more on me and him versus him. I get it. But he, he was just very timid about some, some, some things. And, and then, but he was, the one thing he was really passionate about was this idea that God was pursuing me and that he would reveal himself to me if I just asked. And he was convinced. He was like, God's going to show up. God's going to show up. Now, in Islam and in Christianity, there are similar uh, Old Testament stories. So I know the story of the burning bush. So I was like, okay, okay. So, but, but, but in Islam, it's changed. The people change, the names change. Um, and uh, I was like, the burning bush. I was like, so you're telling me so that the God's going to come and burn the bush like he's going to come. And I was, in fact, walking by a bush, and I was like, so he's going to come right now. It's going to happen. So I was mocking Jesus all the time. I was like, I, I was like the worst kind of guy you're trying to convert to Jesus. I mean, like, I'm the worst. I'm making fun of him. I'm calling him names. It's like the worst. But he was like, if you just ask him, Naeem. I'm like, you are nuts, man. You are nuts. And so one day at FCA, I'm, I'm kind of just hanging out. They're ending in prayer. And I'm just so struck by the idea of the message of Jesus, this cause of Jesus, this gospel message that is so uniquely different than anything I've ever heard before. And so I go, you know what? If this is really true, I want to know. I think it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot going, if this is true, because it, but it seems so out there. It cannot be true. And so what I do is, is they end in prayer, and I look up and I go, you know what? Hey, if this is true, I want to know. I just do that. That's my prayer. I want to know. First, I think it doesn't even count because it's in English. <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't even hear me, okay? He's like, what? What are you saying, Okay. Because in Islam, you know, Allah is not necessarily bilingual. I mean, in a sense, I don't know what it is. But, but it's like, so, so I just pray this, I just say that, and that's it. So I think nothing of it. And then three days later, it just happens to be Halloween. And um, I'm in my room trying to fall asleep. And um, all of a sudden, I feel like something, is, uh, uh, something just walked in or things walked in. And I know I can't really explain it to you, but my heart and my body began uh, responding to something that I could not feel, I mean, I could not see. And I began sweating. I began to, I thought I was having a panic attack of some kind. I'm not quite sure. I was like, what's going on? And I, and, but I wasn't really, I wasn't breathing heavy. I just felt like death had walked into the room. I can't really explain to you what the, the feeling was, except like I was like, I, my, there's something inside of me. Part of me believes that I'm in danger, but I can't see what the issue is. And as I'm trying to process all of this, something grabs me and pins me to my pillow. And something sits on me, and I can't move. Now I'm stuck. I don't know what is going on. Looking around going, am I asleep? And obviously I wasn't because the light was still on. And I was like, what's going on? What's happening here? And as I begin looking around, I feel like there's stuff in this room that I can't, friends, I cannot explain to you. And then all of a sudden this door opens up and in walks this thing that, I mean, okay, in Islam, we're not really into demons or, you know, vampires or anything like that, you know, werewolves. We're not into that, you know, right? So this thing walks in, and I, on, I somehow know this is, a, this, is, uh, this is beyond anything I can experience. I mean, uh, like, this is, this is I, I don't even know what's going on here. So I'm like, what? Uh, what, 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 are you, what? What's going on? And I'm like... And this thing starts uh, walking towards me, and I'm like, oh, what, what do you, what, what, I don't even know what to say here, but, but this, what's strange is, is I'm communicating with him. I hear him, and he's like, hey, and then he, doesn't, he doesn't say hey, he doesn't go, hey, no, he's not, he's not doing that. He's like, you're, you're going to die, I'm going to kill you. That's the first words I hear, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, I believe him, you know, I'm like, yeah, 
I think you can take me. Like, like, like. And so this thing is walking, and then as, and as, as it's like just slow motion. You know how things go in slow motion all of a sudden when you're like really trying to process things? And this thing is walking, and I'm like thinking, okay, what, who, who, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And then I thought, oh, no, this is Jesus. He looks nothing like the pictures, but this is Jesus. I ticked him off. I said all kinds of things. I said horrible things. And then I thought, no, oh, no, this can't be Jesus. can't be Jesus. And then I thought, you know what? This is Allah, the God of Islam. Because you know what? Like I started going to FCA. Darn those women. You know, like, like, like I started going to FCA. Like I, sh- I betrayed Islam. Um, then I'm thinking, no, this can't be, this can't be, this can't be. And it starts walking closer and closer and closer. I'm about to, I, I don't even know what I'm about to do. If I could pee in my pants, I would have, okay? But I'm like, what is going on? It gets closer, and I'm thinking, could this be, like, like I'm thinking Jesus. I'm not quite sure. It reaches my bed, and all of a sudden disappears. Whatever was holding me down, let's go. I'm no longer paralyzed. I'm like, what just happened? So just kind of come, come out, come back to life in a sense. And I'm like, what just happened? So I slowly get up, run out of my room, and wake up my brother and go, what'd you do? What'd you do? What'd you do? And he's like waking up, and I'm like, what'd you do, man? Did you put something in my drink? I'm like, I'm like, I mean, we weren't even drinking. I was like, water? I don't know. So I'm like, and then he says, what's going on? I tell him. I tell him what happened. And he goes, oh, oh, oh. See, you don't say stuff like that. When people tell you they got attacked by demons, you know, you say, you should be on medication. You should say stuff like that. Like, I'm so sorry. Probably not true. You were dreaming. He was like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, stop. He was like, oh, this, this stuff is real. I'm like, what do you mean it's real? He's like, oh, it's in the, it's in the Bible. I'm like, I, I've never read the Bible, by the way. So I was like, I have no ideas. I think the Bible is like, the, like, the, like you know, uh, like, the, like the Quran. Like, it's just List of things, you know, that you shouldn't do but are fun. You know, like things like that. And, but, but he's talking about, he's talking about like uh, Jesus stories. He's like, oh, Jesus encountered demons. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Jesus, what are you talking about? Then he just stops and he goes, he starts telling me what God is doing in my life. He starts telling me about the gospel again that I heard again. And he started t- telling me all these things. And my mind is like, what just happened? What is going on? I went through a war. I'm here. It had only been three weeks or, uh, yeah, less than a month than I've been to, in the States. I'm like, what is going on with me? Why am I going through this? And he goes, he goes, he goes Naeem, God's after you. God is after you. I'm like, there's someone after me. I'm not quite sure who. And then finally he says this that changed everything for me. He says, Naeem, 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 I'm telling you this is God. And, I'm, and, I, and I said, man, I, 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 said, man I, I just don't know. But I just am convinced that there's something out to kill me. And I, I, and I think it's demons. And I know as I say this, I feel like I'm, in, I'm going mad. And then he said, he said, there's only one person I know who has authority over demons and angels. And I go, who? He goes, Jesus. And I was like, all right. All right. Let's do this. And he was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. What do you, what do, you do? What do you do? And he was like, let's bring him in. Let's, you know, add him on Facebook. What do, what do, what do you do? What do you do? And he was like, you want to pray? I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And so when he starts to pray, I'm like, hey, you know what? Let me pray. Let me just say something. I had to clarify some things. So I was like, hey, before I repeat after you, Mahmoud, I just got to say some things. And so I looked up again and I said, hey, Jesus, um, I, um, I, just wanna, I just want you to know that 
I really can't say that you're the Lord of my life. I can't say that in this moment because I don't know you. I know nothing about you. So I can't say things like I've heard before, like people love you. and all. I can't say I love you because I don't know you. But if you will save me from this, I'll give you my whole life. So I prayed that. Then he prayed. I repeated, repeated his prayer in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And we're like, okay. We open our eyes. My brother's got the biggest grin, like, oh, my God. And I'm like, because he's, like, so excited, and I am still scared to death. I was like, okay, and now what? He was like, all right, bro, I'll see you in the morning. I was like, no. He was like, no, 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 I'll see you in the morning. You're good, you're good, you're good. I go, okay, we'll see you in the morning. Just kind of move over. And he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you, what are you, I'm sleeping with you. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm probably going to spoon you all night. Like, that's what's going to happen. And he goes, no, 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 you got to go back in that room. I go, I'm not, I'm not, like, that room? See, we just had a conversation about demon stuff in that room. So he was like, no, no, you got to go back in that room. Go, go out. I'm like, no. We have a 30-minute argument about going back in the room. I still, for, for 20-some years later, I still don't know why. But he was like, no, you got to go back in that room. you got to go back in that room. Like, you just prayed to Jesus. You're good. you got the blood of Jesus over you. you got, like, I got blood over me? What? That's probably the scent that the demon's after. Like, what? What is this? What? Like, he was like, no, 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 no. Just, then, then he gives me this. Then he goes, I got it. I got it. He turns around, and he gives me a Bible. He's like, let me give you a Bible. And he gives me a Bible. And friends, it was smaller than my iPhone. It was like the, the smaller, like the Gideon Bible. Have you heard the, like, like the small, like, you know, like pocket Bibles, like the po- Bibles to go? And I was like, what is this? He was like, this is the Bible. I'm like, the Bible, this is it for like, for hobbits? Like, what, what is this Bible for? Like, like, he was like, no, 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 this is not the entire Bible. It's the, it's the New Testament. But you, you just read John, the chapter of John, you'll be fine. I'm like, are you serious? Can you give me something bigger? Like, if I throw at a demon, it'll actually hurt him. You know, like, give me something. Give me, I don't know, garlic and salt and a crop. Like, give me other things. Like, he's like, no, man, you're fine. You're fine. Finally, he dares me. I go back in the room, turn on all the lights, and I'm sitting there on the bed going, what's going on? Reading the, uh, you know, the, the Bible. And then I have this thought. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? What is wrong with me? And then I get just so frustrated. I'm like, why can't you just live a normal life? Like, why can't you just be a normal person, Naeem? Like, why do you have to go through all this? Have you ever had that, that moment where you're like, why is this is happening to me? And I, I, t- I was like, you know what? You know what would be really nice? I started having conversations with God instantly. I was like, you know what would be really nice? If you would just leave me alone. Like, that would be great. Because I can't even talk about this to anybody. Like my brother, but I can't go to my anybody and say, oh, what did you do last night? Oh, me? Wrestle the demon? Like, it's, it's like, w- what are you doing? And then I'm like, I'm a Muslim. I just did this. What's going on? He just prayed for me. I'm reading this. What's that sound? Oh, my gosh. It's going to happen again. And I get so frustrated, and that, that frustration turns to, I don't know, rage or anger. I put the Bible down, go shut off the lights. I go back in my bed. I look up, and I just say, Jesus, if I die tonight, it is your fault. Like, I don't know why I said that by the way. But I think it's really great when you start a relationship when, uh, like that, right? It's like bl- blatantly honest. Like, like I'm like, You're a- it's on you, bro. Th- if I die, it's on you. 
And I don't know what I was thinking. And so I put the covers on my head, and I'm hoping nothing happens. And then a couple of minutes later, or maybe half an hour later, later, I'm not quite sure, something begins to shake me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, round two, round two, round two. And then I, I go, oh, my gosh, don't open your eyes. Just whatever happens, don't open your eyes. And I, and I find myself the next minute sitting on my bed with my eyes open. And friends, man, there he was. By the way, I've told this story like a thousand times, and this always gets me. And I can't explain what I experienced or saw because I was looking at him, but I was inside of him. I literally did this. And he, he, he said, I am Jesus, and your life is not your own. And I, friends, I have never seen a peace so aggressive. I've never seen a presence so intoxicating. I, like, I couldn't keep my eyes off of him, but then I'm like, I can't keep my eyes open. Like this body was not meant to be in that presence for long. Like I was like, I, I'm fading. I can't. In my head I was like, hold on, Naeem, for this moment. Hold on, hold on. And I was out. Next morning, I got up, and I had gotten this download. I was like, oh, it's over. Everything I planned was over. The whole idea of your life is not your own, that's true. It was like, you're done. You're not going to be an art major. You're going to be called into the ministry. I had no idea what ministry meant. I was like, what does that, that even mean? And friends, that day changed everything. Three, I took three years, didn't do anything. Did, went into college, got accepted to college. A lot of stories of uh, actually um, filing for asylum. Then I was a, ref, I was, I was a um, religious um, asylum refugee for a long time. Uh, then finally got my green card, uh, finally got citizenship. And in the midst of that, the, the year after that, my sister came. And I had a conversation with her. I mentioned her uh, earlier uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, then she came to Christ, and, the, and my other sister came to Christ, and just phenomenal stories. My came, dad came to, my brother came to Christ. My dad came to Christ before he passed away. Um, and God has done something in my life, in my family's life, that I cannot, cannot explain. But one thing I can say to you as an encouragement is that when I met him, I met him in a very different way. See, I was not looking for identity, and I was not looking for forgiveness. But I think I was looking for was purpose, a cause. And there I met a cause that birthed a cause within me. See, I'm not, I, I don't believe that everyone is, is called to, quote-unquote, ministry, meaning the work of doing church for pay. I don't think everybody's called to be a pastor or a director or work in the church. I don't think everybody's called to a ministry, but everyone is called to the cause. And the cause of this gospel message, the cause of telling the whole world that there is a God who loves them so much that has turned the universe upside down to get their attention. That is the cause that I'm talking about. And so what I want to do is I want to just let you know that as I got introduced to the ministry, I knew I was called to the ministry. I just knew it. I was going to change everything. I just knew it. And God has confirmed that over these 20 years or so. 
Now, what God has also called me to do is to encourage all of you to understand this, that when you come to Christ, and if you've heard a message of forgiveness, that is amazing. If you've heard a message of, like, you know, that God wants to heal you, wants to give you identity, God wants to forgive you, God wants to has a, prepared a place for you, all of that is true. But i gotta, I got to be honest with you guys. If you have truly come to Christ, you have been called to a cause. Let us know, like there is, that, that, like there's no other cause out there. A cause of you telling and you partnering with God and you supporting the ministry of and the message of God. Like you're called to that. Now, what you mean is, what I mean is, don't quit your day job. But what I am telling you is this, is that you and I have to have a moment where you go, okay, this is not just for me to get into a space or to feel good. This is for me to actually partner with God to do something. And if, I'm just going to tell you right now, you are called to a cause. There's so many other causes out there. And there's so many other people and there's so many other organizations that are calling you to jump on their cause. And you know there is a particular cause you're excited about. But the cause that you are called to, like no other cause, is the cause of Christ. It is the cause of the message of the Jesus. It's making sure you are partnering in some way, you are supporting in some way this message of Jesus that changes people's lives. See, I'm so grateful for the church. I'm so grateful for people who gave, who supported the churches, who helped me, who ministered to me, who, who grew me up. I, I will be forever, forever ever grateful for that, forever grateful for that. And see, there's something to that. There's something to knowing you actually are a part of the cause, like a cause that's like no other cause out there. Are you? And I tell you, I mean, as you're looking at you guys, as I'm watching, as, I'm, as you guys are watching me, I know there are people who who you use sacrificially, you, you give, you sacrificially contribute, you support, you partner. And I believe we have to do this. We have to do this relationally. We have to do this um, we have, spiritually. We have to do this uh, financially. I know there are people. I know there are people who, who, who have uh, taken time to pray over this place before it was a place. I like there, the walls of this church are filled with scriptures that people have prayed over. We're rebuilding, or not rebuilding, but we are uh, upfitting a, a building, a next-gen uh, place right there. And we are, uh, there, there are verses in there that's already been prayed for. There are people who pray over the seats on Sunday morning. There are people who pray over you. There are people who have partnered and said, this cause I am called to. I might have a day job. I might do my own thing. But I am called to this. So, friends, let me just ask you spiritually, do you support the cause of Christ? Now, what does that look like for you and me? Because I'm talking to maybe not uh, someone that is just part of Mosaic. Maybe you're part of some other organization or maybe you're just checking out Mosaic. I just want to ask you, if you are part of a church body, if you have a church, um, number one, you should have a community. But if, you, uh, but, uh, but if this is your community or, or if you're just visiting and just watching this, how are you supporting this cause? Because I, I, I get... I can't tell you, friends, the journey that I've had and the, and the things that my family has been able to experience. It's been because of the generosity, because of the generosity of people like you. And I cannot even imagine, like, going through college um, 
without having the church be a support, the church paying for part of my tuition, the church paying for my books, the church feeding me. See, I, 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 could, not, I could not be where I am right now if it wasn't for ch the church, if it wasn't people like you who go, I am called to supporting the cause of Jesus. There is no way. I mean, I'm so grateful for uh, an Indian pastor who passed away uh, last week, two weeks ago, and, and I, I just, you know, I, I couldn't speak because of that because he was such a mentor to me. And uh, I mean, he and his church, this Indian church, adopted this Pakistani family. And if you know history, I mean, Pakistan Indians, they don't get along. And they adopted us. And they paid for so much stuff for us. So much stuff. I mean, we were just immigrants trying to make it work. My sisters were uh, uh, religious refugees as well. My brother was too. I mean, we just got loved on and provided for relationally, spiritually, and financially. And I just got to tell you that you are called to do that. Now, if you're doing that right now, I just want to say, people like me, thank you. There are stories like me, so thank you. If you give sacrificially, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please don't stop financially giving. Don't stop uh, prayerfully praying for us and covering us. Don't stop relationally just being a part of our lives. But if, you're, if you called Mosaic home and you're thinking, you know what, I, I, I love this church, I love this church, then friends, I just want to tell you, you are called to this cause. If this is your church, are you prayerfully, are you spiritually supporting the church? Are you praying for us? No, 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 you're thinking, no, Naeem, you pray for me. <laughs> Wonderful, that's great. You know what would be better? If you all both prayed. Like, are you praying for us? Friends, pray for us. Pray for what God's doing here. We've got so many decisions to make. We're trying to figure out this dang pandemic. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but anyways. Okay? Pray for us. Relationally. Be in our lives. Be a part of what God's doing. Like, be relational. If you're a part of Mosaic, relationally, how can you do that? You're like, I can't. I, I'm not coming out of my house. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But how can you do, get, be connected to us as a community? How can you connect with us online? How can you support and pray and, and just talk to people? How can you just chat online? I mean, how can you relationally support? How, what is God calling you to do? And then financially. Friends, if you call Mosaic your home and you don't financially contribute to Mosaic, there's a problem. I'm just going to tell you. That's a, because we got to do this together. We have to do this together. And this is not like a pressure thing. It's really not. It's not about like, oh, great. No, it's not, oh, great. It, we, we get to do this. And you're like, Naeem, I, I can't do this right now. You can start somewhere. You know at Mosaic, what we talk about? We talk about being per percentage givers. Like what I mean by that is, is just figure out a percentage that you can contribute and start doing that. You've probably heard the word tithing. Tithing means 10%, the tenth of your income. Some people are doing that and doing it more. Other people are not doing that at all. Some are going, you know what, I can't do 10, so I'm not even going to do anything. No, 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 no. Start with 1%. Start with 2%. Start wherever you can start with. But do this, friends. Do this. You know, Paul the Apostle, I relate to him because, you know, well, I mean, this is the guy who, you know, who got 
pretty much like interrupted with, by the cause of Jesus. I mean, he, if you know his story, I mean, he was going a different direction. He was actually against the movement of Jesus, and he got knocked down his horse. He got blinded. He got called to the ministry. And then he is the guy who starts spreading the message of Jesus. He's the guy who takes the cause of Christ and out of Jerusalem and starts spreading it. He is the reason, he is the reason why there are so many churches all over the globe right now. But who are the people who are backing him? You see, when he went, he was financially, relationally, and spiritually supported by people. And that's why he wrote letters. That's why we have letters in Scripture. When he writes to churches, it's support letters. It's not his sermons. We think it's his sermons. They're actually support letters and reminder letters. They're like, hey, by the way, remember I taught you this? Remember to do this? Remember to do this? Remember this? This is what God did. And then he always says, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting because your financial contributions allow me to go spread the church and spread the cause of Christ. Let me read you a passage here. And this is, this is the, the, uh, the Passion Translation. I just love this. I just love this. He, he takes this idea of financially giving and brings so much life and freedom in this. And I, I, I think it's so profound. Here's a letter he writes, a support letter. Basically, here's what he says. He says this, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Because Paul knew everything about religion. He said, let it spring freely from the joy of giving. Because, all because, God loves what? Hilarious generosity. Like, I love that. He's like, like stuff like you write, like hilarious, like that's just over the top. Verse 8, he says, yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Verse 9, he says, just as the scriptures say, about those who trust in him because he has sown extravagantly, extravagantly and given to the poor. His kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. Verse 10, this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. And you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we, when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Verse 12 he says this, this priestly ministry you are providing through your offerings not only supplies what is lacking for God's people, it inspires an overpouring of praise and thanksgiving to God himself. He's saying this is worship. This is not just meeting. This isn't just outreach. This is actually worship, friends. Verse 13, he says, for as, your ex for, for, as, for as your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, it will cause them to 
to give glory to God. All because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous-hearted partnership with them towards those in need. What is he saying here? He's saying, friends, I might be going out and spreading and starting churches. I'm called to this ministry, but there is a priestly cause. There is something that's so profound when you partner and you financially support, when you relationally support, when you spiritually support. So are you called to the ministry? Maybe, maybe not. Are you called to no other cause but the cause of Christ? Of course, of course. And the challenge is, is that will you stop and go, all right, what do I need to do? Financially, what do I need to do? Spiritually, what do I need to do relationally? So let's pray together and let's allow God to speak to you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you that you are a God. You are a God that allows us to experience you in such a profound way. God, you are a God that allows us to feel you in such a profound way. You're a God who's called us, God, to live a brand new life in you. You've called us to be uh, partners in what you're doing all around the world. You have called us, Jesus, to live a life that's beyond ourselves. So God, I just pray right now. I take this moment right now to go, God, what are you doing? What are you saying to me? What are you saying and speaking into my soul right now? God, for some of us who are sitting here going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this story. God, I just pray that people will understand, that they would know, God, that stories like this are happening all over the world because church is having, happening all over the world. And church could not happen without people's support, generous support of all the things that are happening. So God, would you, would you remove fear out of our lives? Would you remove other things out of our lives? God, whatever... whatever anxiety, whatever distraction is causing us to not understand that we are called to something. We are called when we met you to your cause, to your cause. God, I'm so grateful for my life because I know as a religious refugee, as a country who, who, who I had to leave from and get refuge from is a country that would only persecute me, might even kill me for no other cause. And there are a lot of causes out there. They would only kill me for one cause, and that is the cause of your message, Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that in the midst of all the attention that we've been getting, because there's so many other causes out there. And in light of what's happening in our country, God, there's so many causes that people are asking us to support. Father, I pray that it will be your cause, because it is worth living for. It's worth dying for. We thank you for that, Jesus.
Amen.